Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. Today is number four, the last in our series that I'm teaching on what do you do when your nation's falling apart? What should our priorities be? What should our attitude be? What about when things are so corrupt around us, churches are closing, pastors are being arrested? What happens? What should our attitude be? Jesus said, when you see these things even begin to come to pass, lift up your head and look up. Your redemption is very close. You know what? Our redemption is very close. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is the last that we're teaching in our series of four on what do you do when your nation is falling apart. We've been taking different areas that are very concerning to Christians about what's going on in the world around us. And what I've been simply doing with these, I have 12 different areas I'm gonna bring up. I've already brought up 10 of them, but I wanna bring up a couple of things on this. And that is the whole thing is we get so wrapped up in looking at the world, take your attention off the world. Jesus is gonna tell us that. When all this stuff comes to pass, you can't figure it out. And we've got Christians today trying to figure it out. How are we gonna change this? The point of it is God's gonna change it. And what God is asking us to do is just turn our full attention to him today, put our trust in him for ourselves, put our trust in him for the nation we still have, put our trust in him for the leadership we have, but put our trust in him also to win souls, put our trust in him for us to also make disciples. These are the things we're talking about. I'm gonna go back to a point that I made uh, yesterday. What if pastors are arrested? What if churches are closed? Well, the point comes back to this. We fulfill the Great Commission ourselves. Even sinners know today something's not right, and they're looking for personal, eternal answers. They're looking for their families, for their friends, and they're looking to them, and they're looking for them. They're looking to them. Maybe they have the answer, but they're also looking forward. They want their families protected. They want their friendships protected, and simply comes back to this, is that if pastors are arrested and churches are closed, we have the Great Commission given to us. We fulfill the Great Commission all by ourselves, and that's how it was given. The Great Commission was given before church buildings existed. The Great Commission was given before they had places to go and assemble together. They assembled together, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out to fulfill the Great Commission because the last thing Jesus said was go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations and every person in those nations. The building of a church comes later. It was found in the Great Commission, but the first thing mentioned was go win the lost. Once we start to win the lost, then we can have churches. And churches started with whatever you could find. I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, it'd be great if we could find a, a deserted church building or someone who wants to build a church building or wants to build another church building and wants to sell one. Well, yeah, that's true, but you may not even have enough money in the beginning to buy a church building. The point of it is, if you can, great. But you know what? Do what the other 99% of churches do. Just find something. Find a building and rent it. I mean, if it's part of a, of a closed down shopping mall, a shopping center, or maybe something within a strip shopping center. Just get it, some place to start. Or if you have to start in a home, churches start in homes in the New Testament. And this is what Paul meant when he talked about that I was with you always when I was preaching the gospel. He says, in public and from house to house. In public was where they taught the word of God in the school of Tyrannus in Ephesus. 
But house to house is how the church is formed. And Paul eventually in the next chapter, chapter 20 of Acts, met with the leaders of those home churches throughout all. And the church at Ephesus at that time was running some 70,000 people. It came even larger after that as pastors like Timothy and uh, John himself and, and others pastored that church. Great leaders pastored that church. Peter was there for a while and Apollos was there for a while. But again, these great men, but again, they met in homes and this is how they did it. And they, the times when they could meet with their ministers might've been a, a rotating time when they could meet with Peter and with John and others and pastor the church. It all comes back to this. We're not given great detail how it happened, but churches began in homes. They're mentioned in the book of, of Romans. It's mentioned in the book of Philippians. These pastors and their church that were within their homes. So you could do the same thing. If pastors are arrested and churches are closed down, start something in your home. Move it to another home next week or whatever it may have to be. But hold meetings in your home because you have been given the great responsibility of the Great Commission. And that is number one, preach the gospel and number two, make disciples of all nations. The primary call of the local church, again, is not to win souls, although this is good, but to, to disciple believers. Local churches can and will go underground as we come to the time of the tribulation and maybe before that time, as they have in many oppressed countries of the world. Churches have and do meet in homes today as they did in the New Testament. And again, today is one of the best times in all history to win souls. Why? Your main responsibility toward the government is not to first of all vote or help or support candidates. I want you to please do that. But your main responsibility is evangelism for the people of the world, but also those who are in the government itself. Your main responsibility is to pray for local and national leaders to be saved and then come to the full knowledge of the truth. This has become disciples. So continue to witness to others, continue to study the word, continue to speak it and pray for revival in your land and pray for government leaders to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What is my responsibility today is a Christian. Well, your responsibility today as a, as a Christian is the number one thing. Here's the number one thing, and that is the Great Commission. I, we come back to it. The disciples met with Jesus in chapter one of Acts as he was standing on the Mount of Olives about to go into heaven, and they peppered him with this question. In fact, in the Greek, it says this, they continually kept asking, continually kept asking, are you going to establish the kingdom now? Are you going to do it now? Tell us that you're going to do it now. And they kept saying, is now the time you're going to establish your kingdom on this earth? And finally, Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which are in my father's hand. He said, when it comes to end time events, he said, that's not in your hands. He said, it's in the hands of God. So turn that over to him. He went on to say, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. In other words, yes, we're to pray for government, but we're not to get so wrapped up in government. We forget the great commission given us. The great greatest thing that's going to happen in this earth is revival. It's not going to come through governments. It's going to come through individuals who spread the gospel under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. But why wait till then? We have it now. And every person we win now is going to get to go up in the rapture of the church and stand before the Lord in heaven and escape this time called the tribulation and the great tribulation on the earth. Understand something. There's being names put around today of people that say, you know, we want them in office. We want them in office. We want the past president to come back and be a president again. Listen to me carefully. Angels do not rejoice if a good president is elected. We do, 
Man, if there's some men that I know right now, if they get to be present, I will be shouting and dancing and rejoicing for it. You know what? But angels don't rejoice if a good president is elected. They rejoice in heaven over every sinner who is saved. In fact, over one sinner who is saved, there's rejoicing in heaven. You know why? Because a good president being elected is temporary but a person going to heaven is eternal. The most eternal thing we do, in fact, the only eternal thing we do is winning souls for the kingdom of God. Money in your bank account's not eternal. Governments in this earth are not eternal. Leadership in this earth are not eternal until Jesus Christ comes back. But in the meantime, the only eternal thing you do that's been given in your hands and demands a great oversight in your life and a great responsibility is to lead others to the Lord Jesus Christ and disciple them to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember again, angels rejoice in heaven over one sinner who repents, not a great president being elected in this earth. Keep your priorities where God asks you to and go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Here's another thing too. We do not have authority over the governments of the land in this nation and in the world. We have the right to vote. We have the right to pray for them and all these things. But as far as absolutely controlling them, we do not. Jesus said before he left, all authority, I'm gonna say that again, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He's simply saying, I'm the one who has all authority. People say, well, then now I've been given that authority. No, you've been given part of his authority. You have not been given all of his authority. You do not have authority over the entire earth and heaven. Only Jesus does. But here's what he qualified that. He said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now go ye into all nations and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead, uh, get them saved and disciple them. That's what we have authority over. We have authority over demonic forces in this earth that are hindering the gospel, but we do not have ultimate control over Satan. Only Jesus does, and he will exercise that when he comes back. There's gonna come a time, and it's coming very, very soon, when God's gonna simply tell the church and tell all of us, you've reached the limitations of your authority. I'm gonna remove you out of this earth, and now you're going to see Jesus Christ begin to take over. What happened was when Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, we are told in Psalm 110, verse one, the Lord, God the Father, said to my Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He's seated in heaven because the time for making his enemies, his footstool has not yet come, but it is going to come. So Jesus Christ will rule at that time. But in the meantime, Jesus sat down after coming to this earth and he's gonna stand up before coming back to this earth. And there in Revelation, we are told this, that Jesus Christ is called the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha simply means, notice this, he is the Alpha, not you. He's the Omega, not you. We are everything in between. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, he came as Alpha, and he came to this earth and he died for our sins. He com- he completely kept the law. He did everything he's supposed to, went to the cross, died for us, arose from the dead and walked on this earth for 40 days. And during those 40 days, he talked to his disciples, he ministered to them. And then in Acts chapter one, he went to heaven. And when he got to heaven, Alpha sat down because the work of Alpha was over. And on the day of Pentecost, the church took over. We are beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, all the letters in between. And for some 2000 years, we've been working down to where we are today. And I think we're at the time of Psi. Psi is the letter just before Omega. And as soon as our work is over and we're raptured out of here, guess what's gonna happen? Omega's gonna stand up. Alpha came to this earth, went to heaven, and then Alpha sat down. 
Omega is about to stand up. And when he does, all I can say is, Katie, bar the door. He came the first time as the, as the lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's gonna come back to this earth in vengeance and great power and execute judgment on a Christ-rejecting world and the leader of it, Antichrist, the false prophet, the beast, Satan himself, fallen angels, demons. He's gonna cast religion off this earth, all unbelievers off this earth. And all that will be left when Jesus Christ is through is Jesus Christ on the earth with a church that came back with him in resurrection bodies and also those who came to Jesus Christ during the tribulation and survived or endured to the end and were spared and get to come in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. On that day, the curse will be removed from the earth. The trees will clap their hands at the return of the Lord. The oceans will clap their hands. Nature will suddenly be lift, uh, lifted from the bounds of the curse that was here at the time of Adam. Uh, uh, the lamb will lay down with the wolf and, the, and we go down the list of things in the word of God that's going to happen. And a child will die at a hundred years old. They'll go into puberty at that time. And, and I mean, just the world will be radically changed. There'll be perfect weather, perfect environment, all that. Because why? That will be the time period of Omega. And Omega, once he stands up, will be the world leader and the universal leader from that time on. So it comes back to this. What do we do? What's our responsibility as a Christian is to take the gospel to the entire world. And and you say, but I can't go to the entire world. That means keep supporting your church with your tithes, support evangelists and missionaries and teachers with your offering. Because like I said, I've said it two or three times, today is a great day to witness. The world knows that something is wrong and they are open to hear the gospel and the gospel has been given to you. Stand up in great courage, stand up under a great anointing and tell the world about Jesus Christ. I'll see you right after halftime. One of the most fascinating topics in the Bible is end times. A study of the end times is especially appropriate for the time in which we live. For believers, this study will not result in fear and worry, but rather peace, comfort, and joy as we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His Church. As a companion to Bobby Indian's book, Understanding the End Times, this curriculum works well for a Bible group or as an individual study. Topics of study include the seven dispensations, the rapture of the church, Daniel's 70 weeks, the judgment seat of Christ, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the antichrist, and the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. The package includes 10 30-minute video lessons on DVD or USB flash drive and comes with study questions and a copy of the book, Understanding the End Times. To order the End Times video curriculum, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Well, welcome back. The last question I want to take up is this, that what should my attitude be about the conditions of the world today? Well, we're going to talk about that, but let me just quickly say for those of you who support this broadcast, the last point I brought out was 
take your finances and send it out because you understand this, finances spent for your food is temporary. Finances spent on your electricity and your water and your car payment, your house payment, that's all temporary. But every penny you put into the gospel, whether in the church and that's your tithes or whether what you put around the world into other ministries, that's your offerings, that is eternal. Every soul that is one is eternal. And that's why God says it's so important to continue to support the gospel. What should my attitude be about world conditions that are here today? I wanna see to it that people find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in this world. And I'm going to make sure that before I leave from here, I give the devil a black eye by every person I lead to Jesus Christ. Because honestly, I've said it again over and over again. This is a great time to witness. Liberals know something is not right. They did not want what they've got around them. And uh, a socialist had an idea of what they wanted, but they're seeing what's going on around there. I didn't want this. This is not what I planned on. In other words, they're confused. Give them something that will take the confusion away. That's the simple gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died for your sins. If you'll accept him as your Lord and Savior, you will have eternal life, an eternal home in heaven, and an eternal home here even on the earth too, where you will have a, a throne. You'll be ruling with Jesus Christ. You'll have a throne in heaven, ruling and playing with Jesus Christ. You'll have rulership over the nations. All these things are yet to come for the one who receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and redemption is a gift. Salvation is a gift. All they have to do is receive it. So Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 and verse 58, here's his attitude. Here's what our attitude should be about all the conditions around the world. And that is quit worrying. Luke 21, verse 58, when you see these things begin, if you have a Bible, you can underline, underline that word begin. It didn't say when you see these things happening. It says when you see these things begin to happen. And right now it's obvious they're beginning to happen and strongly. And these are just indicators there's worse things to come. When you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your head. Your redemption is near and coming very, very soon. So what should your attitude be? Look up lift up your head. This is what God is saying. Quit looking down here at all the mess going on. Lift up your head. As it says in the book of Colossians that we are to have our mind on heavenly things, not on earthly things. Now, again, we have to think about some things around us, natural things, but what he's saying is let your attention be, your full attention be on the coming of Jesus Christ, on the headship of Jesus over the entire uh, universe, but also over the church that we are a part of. There's coming a time very soon we will be taken out of the earth by the appearing of Jesus for us before the world's troubles literally come to their worst. We're waiting on that. I remember when I was in Bible school, Brother Duncan, who was our teacher, somebody asked him when they said, what, what prophecies need to be fulfilled before Jesus comes back for his church? He said, the shout. And we all stopped for a moment. Then we all thought about it. Jesus in Christ will descend from heaven with a shout. There's no more prophecy left to be fulfilled before the coming of Jesus. We're just in this waiting period because Jesus himself doesn't know exactly when he's coming. I'm sure he must look every day at God the Father and say, is today the day? God says, no, not today. And so, he, you know, next day, is today the day? No, today's not the day. But one day Jesus is going to look at the Father and say, is today the day? And God's going to say, yep. Today's the day. And Jesus is going to descend from heaven with a shout. He's not going to come from heaven and then shout. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout, which means what? He started shouting before he left heaven. It's going to be this whoop, this war cry, this rejoicing cry. He's coming back with a double cry inside of himself. And the one cry is, I'm going to show the earth that I'm still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is a time period I've been waiting for to show the Father's strength in the earth. But the second cry he's going to be coming back with is to take the church out of the earth and bring 
bring them to heaven with him, of which in heaven we will go through the judgment seat of Christ, but then we will also come out of the judgment seat of Christ as a bride adorned for her husband. We will be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna to read to you Luke 21, 58 again. Here is what your attitude should be about world conditions. Stop worrying, stop being so concerned, Stop every from the things you fear every day and watching the news and fearing over what's on this. Listen, I watch a little bit of the news, but just kind of bring me up to date. But you know what? If I watch the news all the time, I would be sadly depressed. How do you change depression into joy and victory? What you set your attention on. Take your attention off the news all the time and set it on the word of God. Take your attention off what people are saying and put it on the word of God. Take your attention off what false prophets are saying today and what false ministers are saying today. They're actually teaching today that we're the ones that are gonna change the entire world, not Jesus Christ, it's up to us. In fact, if you believe that it's up to you to change the entire world, then number one, you can't believe in the rapture anymore because that's what the rapture starts, is Jesus changing the things of the world. And number two, you have to look at this and realize there is no sovereignty of God, meaning that God has no power in these days unless we do it, God can't get it done. Well, understand something, I have limitations. Again, Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth, but then he limited our authority in the next phrase, but you go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, get them born again, make disciples of all nations. And that's what he told us our limitations are. And what should we be doing right now? Going back to what he gave us to do, winning souls, starting churches, discipling people. This should be the major thing we do and taking our finances and sowing it into different ministries around the world. Because when he said, go into all the world, he simply meant we can't all go, but together we can all go. I can go do what I'm supposed to do. But if you have a call to Borneo, then I can give you finances so that you can go there and others can give you finances. We need to be using our personal strength as well as financial strength to help spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we are supposed to do. So again, there is coming a time that we will reach the end of our limitations and Jesus Christ will come back. At that time, again, like I said, Omega will stand up in heaven, descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel will take the church to heaven and then he's gonna become one that pours out his wrath on this Christ-rejecting world and it'll last for seven years. But the good news is, is even during the tribulation, the number one thing God has called Christians to do, they will be doing. And and there will be more souls saved during the tribulation than at any other time period ever. More people are saved during that time because of the great evangelism that will be taking place during that time. Two things Jesus said. Number one is look up. Quit looking down. Quit looking at the world around you. He didn't mean never look down at the world around you. He just simply meant don't let it occupy your attention. Let your attention be up. Next of all, lift up your head. Get that sad expression off your face and lift up your head and look up. So what he's saying is get your full attention on God and understand God's gonna take care of you. And in the midst of world conditions falling apart, the Holy Spirit is still inside of you. You're still a member of the church and God promised to supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we will be taken out of the earth at the appearing of Jesus for us before the world's trouble reach their worst. It's honestly interesting Christians will not go into the tribulation, but we will see the beginnings, the transition of the times into it as it approaches. Time periods, dispensations often overlap for a short period of time. John the Baptist came and he was a transition prophet. 
Jesus said of John the Baptist, there has been no greater prophet arisen than John the Baptist. Now that's an interesting thought because he was the last of the prophets of the Old Testament. Why did Jesus say he's the absolute best of them? Why does he say that he had the most important ministry of all of them? It's because all the rest of them prophesied of his coming, but John the Baptist got to see it. John the Baptist stood John didn't write a book. Why well, we have books of the Old Testament, huge books, Isaiah, and those written by, by Moses, other prophets of the Old Testament that mentioned the coming of the Lord. But you know what? They didn't get to see it. I'll tell you this with the size of the book that Isaiah and Jeremiah wrote, Ezekiel, Daniel, these large books of the Old Testament, any of them would trade places with John the Baptist to have a five-year ministry to see and introduce the Lord Jesus Christ and stand there before all the people and said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's what John the Baptist got to do. So you understand that, that what the Lord was simply saying is, now we've entered into the time of the church. Jesus Christ will be coming back. All the time periods, the dispensations and all that overlap for a short period of time. And John the Baptist was one of those overlap prophets. He got to come and he was an Old Testament prophet seeing the end of the Old Testament, the transition into the new, and the transition into the new was the 33 years Jesus walked on this earth, and especially the last three years that John got to introduce to all the people. Jesus' 40 days on earth after his resurrection was also a transition time into the church age. When Jesus Christ arose from the dead, salvation was over, but there was a time lap right there, and Jesus took 40 days to stay with his disciples, to talk with them, to minister to them, two on the road to Emmaus, the women that came to the tomb on that day, the disciples that were in the upper room, Jesus got to talk with them, actually walked through the wall, sat with them and talked with them and told them to even touch him. But he was there for 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, he said, my time is through. Now you go into all the world and preach the gospel. The church is presently so powerful. Antichrist cannot even show himself or take power until we're taken out of this way. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8 tell, tell us this. You know, because it says in those verses of Scripture that Antichrist cannot even show himself until the church is gone tells us how much power the church has, that even if one Christian was left here, he couldn't take over. There has to be a very short, split-second time where there is absolutely no Christians on the earth for Antichrist to finally show himself and put himself on the public stage, and then people start getting saved. And some of the first ones to get saved will be 144,000 Jews out of each nation of the world and of the 12 tribes of Israel. So again, Antichrist will show himself and then take power, but he can't do that until we are taken out of the way. Let me just give you some scriptures to fall back on. Romans chapter eight and verse 18 says, listen, the United States may be great, but never as good as heaven or the coming kingdom. Romans 8, 18 says this, I consider or I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses 17 and 18 tells us the problems we're going through now. Oh, look at the gas prices. Look at the, no, no, no. Here's what he says. Paul says that's a light affliction. Second Corinthians 4, 17, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Oh, it's been going on for years. No, that's just a moment compared to eternity is working for us 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen. That's what Jesus said. Look up, keep your attention up. While we do not look at the things which are seen, the things which are seen is the news, what's going on in the nations, what's happening in Russia, what's happening in China, what's happening in the United States, what's happening in the Persian nations. No, he says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. This is going to pass away, but the things which are not seen, the kingdom of God, the new birth, eternal rewards, all these things are eternal. Once they start, they will never, ever go away. What do you do in a time when your nation is falling apart? Set your attention on a nation that will not fall apart, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you're a child of God? So am I. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.